the stole stream no, has no, begun. No, Phantom, stop. No, Phantom, my we, turn. We, well, my turn. Round two. Fight. The, the stage oh is God. yours. <laughs> you want me to you go for that? <laughs> clip is taken straight from our soul stream, the ultimate live Roamcast interactive experience where we dive into the latest Mortal Kombat news, discuss specific topics, and even chat with special guests in real time. With the soul stream, you're not just a spectator, you're an active participant. So subscribe to the Roamcast and hit that notification bell so you don't miss the next live episode. The soul stream has begun again, finally. Welcome to the Roamcast live show, bringing you the latest news, thrilling interviews, and much more, all live and in real time. And the best part, you can be part of the action. Join us on for our live conversations by chatting in the live chat where your voice will be heard. I feel like I've already said all this. I am your host, the Mortal Kombat Phantom, and with me as always is our lore master, not the lore master, as we just kind of did on our blank intro. Yanni, welcome Yanni. Thank you. And I'm getting deja vu, honestly. It feels like this has happened before. So for all of you who are unaware, we actually just did this. And then Tabmok and I realized, hey, are we live? And we just had, it's such a shame because we actually had like a really great intro. This was, it was actually such a flowing conversation, but it's better than this. I feel like that, yeah, definitely better than this. And just shook it upside down and started a time all over again. <laughs> it is time. So actually now it is time that I reintroduce for the second time today, our returning 10th, I think 10th, Soulstream guest, Tabmok99, it's your term, turn to, to return. I, I messed that up twice. Your turn to return to the Realmcast. Welcome back. Guys, thank you so much for having me. Phantom, Yanni, always great to be here on, on the Realmcast. Thank you guys. So glad that we can do this again. <laughs> so welcome, Tabmok. But welcome everybody in the chat today. And welcome, Yanni and Tabmok. Our topic for today, we'd like to keep it short and sweet and fantastic, is was MK11 pointless? Right, and this is where you were going to sing the Kanye West song, Heartless, only you're going to change the lyrics to pointless, so go ahead. I'm going to have to pass on this one too. (laughs) Very good. The audience, once again, I personally thank you for not singing Yanni. (laughs) You're welcome, Phantom. So, yeah, I think... Could you just jump straight from Mortal Kombat X to Mortal Kombat 1 and just skip MK11? No. Would that work? No. Okay. Of course topic, not. Topic, topic. We last left off. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for joining Luke us. Kang was Revenant God of the Nether Realm, right? Hey, I see. Well, I mean, okay. So just to go into a bit of more detail, let's talk MK11 before we get to Aftermath. And yeah. People will say, okay, you need the ending of MK11 to get to MK1. But that means that the entire story in between is pointless. And that's really what they mean when I see I see people commenting. Like, to be fair to them, they say, oh, the whole story of MK11 was pointless. And that is where we need to be fair. It's not just, oh, you know what? It wouldn't get to MK1 if we didn't get the hourglass. So no, it's not pointless. The whole story itself. Now, could you argue that certain things that happened were pointless? If you're going to argue that... And that means that really everything that sort of happened in the original era is pointless too. And we know that's not the case because we needed all of that to take place for us to get to Armageddon 
with Shao Kahn about to win. So, really, the question is, what parts of MK11's story didn't need to take place to get to the ending that we got? Does that make sense? Oh, easy. Devorah killing <laughs> That part didn't need to happen. You know, Everything I, else I don't get fine. that. It's like, I'm surprised because I know that, well, we all know that Ed, Ed loves Scorpion the most, followed by Kenshi, as far as I remember. So I'm surprised he keeps signing yeah, off on him dying or almost dying. But there were two Scorpions, you know, because of time travel shenanigans, just like there were two Sonyas due to time travel true, shenanigans. True. So whatever, kill anybody That's you want. That's very true. I mean, I know, I understand the point that people say, well, it kind of cheapens death if you're going to have time travel just undo it all. But it's when it's a time travel story from the beginning and you know it, then you kind of have that expectation set up. Like, okay, that mm. could happen. Yeah, that's true. But also... Future Sonya... Old Sonya dies right in the beginning just for young Sonya to come forward through time and, like, meet her future daughter, you know? The worst was, death in MK11 was Raiden, Dark Raiden. There was so much potential with some of those story threads. I'm just thinking about that, like, killing Sonya off. I actually liked... I actually liked the Dark Raiden dying scene and how, like, young Raiden being there messed him up because time travel works differently for gods. But the only reason I thought it was good was, A, it set up the expectation for, like, Fire God Liu Kang in the future. Be like, oh, wow, time travel doesn't affect me because I'm a god now. And also, there was that whole other storyline of Raiden getting darker and darker as MK11 went on and Raiden had to get talked out of it by Liu Kang. Like, hey, focus, you're going down the wrong path again. Yeah. Like... Dark Raiden disappearing, I get it. It's like, hey, they had this whole thing and they just threw it out. But then they had the whole thing where Light Raiden was turning into that. So that was kind of cool. I think they redeemed it. Yeah, I could see that. That that does make sense. That whole that's, that's just my that, opinion. that whole scene with Liu Kang and Raiden realizing, or rather Raiden realizing that they've done this so many times was actually such a crazy scene at the time. You know, the first time of, of viewing or experiencing. That was actually really, really cool. Yeah. And I like Sam Fish's comment. Okay. Are we pretending that Raiden relinquishing his power to Liu Kang isn't the best redemption act in whole of MK? That was a pretty awesome scene. Like, it, and it's such a great way to to pass on the mantle, in my opinion. You know, I, I, let me just say something. I'm not normally a fan of, oh, I'm going to take this power and absorb it, or I'm going to pass my power on to you, or I'm going to, like Shao Kahn did with, with Shang Tsung, I'm going to steal Shang Tsung's power and absorb it and then pass it on to Sindel. I kind of don't really like that whole, like, I'm just going to switch powers now kind of a yeah. deal. But I think it was done well, and it was done in a way of, like, passing the torch kind of a thing, as you implied. Like, okay, they're not just going to reverse it immediately the next game. They're really going with it. Fire God Liu Kang is a thing. He is in charge now. Raiden is immortal. They're starting it off just like where MK1 left, I'm sorry, MK11 left off. So they're following yeah. through. That's, that's a fair point. And actually, I just want to address this. I just saw... I'm going to say Rue Chitown. You guys are wrong about the symbol on Scorpion's back. The symbol is not Lin Kuei. It's an actual Scorpion with the pincer going down the middle. We weren't talking about the, the symbol on the back. We were talking on the chest. The one on the back, to be fair, I haven't actually looked at in as great detail as I would have expected myself to do. So I'll have to do that and get back to you. I'm almost afraid to pull it up now because I don't want the stream to cause a glitch. I don't want to overload <laughs> the servers. If, if this was a stress test for YouTube, it didn't work out. But seriously, if, guys... Follow Realmcast on Twitter. Follow Realm. Follow Tabmok99 on Twitter. That's me. 
and we're going to discuss this because I know, Yanni, that at some point you're going to go and you're going to like, okay, let me take a screenshot of this trailer. Let me enhance the image, right? Like one of those bad 90s yes. computer enhance. And you're going to find out what the symbol is on the front. You're going to share with us what the symbol is on the back. We're going to straighten this out once again right now. <laughs> well, you have to say computer enhance. When you I, I got to get to that scene. Hold up. The, the thing on its back, we, we tried to look at it a bit when the trailer actually came out. That was, of course, before a lot of the HD footage was shown for it. And it, it was it was hard to see, but I can definitely see how that could have been a, a scorpion on the back of it. Um, I'm looking at it now. This one is definitely not a Link Quail emblem, but I don't think we ever thought it was that. We were talking about the one on his chest being a Link Quay. I just love the debates. I love the ambiguous screenshots or, or you know, stills from videos. I love the way fans can say, oh, I think it's this, I think it's this. It really takes me back to all the way to MK Deadly mm. Alliance where there was like darkened silhouettes of the fighters. And we said, that's human reptile. No, that's lizard reptile. And people would draw in the way they thought it looked. Like, man, this stuff, this is like one of the most fun times in the communities when there's a debate about what this symbol is or what that symbol is. Yeah, uh, it really is. And that, that's what we've been saying. This is the best time to be an MK fan because there's so much analysis to do, yeah. you know? And on yeah. the topic of the emblem, Phantom, I've actually sent you over the picture if you want to just pull that up and I think you need to take care of something. But I personally believe that if it's not a scorpion or if there is a scorpion, I think it's surrounded by a dragon or two dragons, which kind of feels like a call to Liu Kang's fatality, how he's got those two dragons now in a way, and it could be Liu Kang's symbol. It could be a whole new kind of white lotus kind of thing. Yeah, I think but that's in, what we said during yeah. the reveal show, is that it's possible he could be working for Liu Kang to some capacity. Yeah. And I think somebody pointed out that there was another insignia somewhere else in the reveal trailer that looked like dual dragons too. It might have been on like Kung Lao. Kung Lao, um, I think. Yeah. So, so I, I don't, like, who knows what's going on at this new era this could be the the earth realms warriors basically you know they mm. kind of have their own grievances with each other but we the first trailer could have kind of been showing off some of the earth realms earth realms there arcana oh gosh you know <laughs> we joke about that but the fact that the trailer now or the the new logo is closer to the movie logo we might get Arcanas, honestly. <laughs> and we already seen Scorpion I... tattoos. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so, I mean, talking about our main topic again, is Mortal Kombat 11 pointless? You know, the the thought has come up in the past for myself, is Mortal Kombat 1 through Armageddon pointless? I mean, yeah, it sets up the Mortal Kombat line 9 timeline, but overall everything was erased you know everything was redone and then it got to the point where mortal Kombat x and 11 didn't retread any of the same grounds that we had by the time we got into armageddon and mm -hmm. i i don't know i i think with reboots and with this reboot in particular it, all this stuff is like pre-time it's stuff that doesn't matter anymore it doesn't exist and it's sad <laughs> it's really sad because but, you know, it should all exist in Liu Kang's memory and in Raiden's mm -hmm. memory. And people can get flashbacks of other timelines. Cool. So I don't think anything's really totally pointless. You know well, what I mean? You think we'll get I don't think we're going to get flashbacks because the writers don't want to retread those. Does They don't want to go down there anymore. It's, it's done. And when they did Mortal Kombat 11, they said this is 
the end of the story. And they made that very clear. So. And then they did uh, Aftermath. Yeah, well, <laughs> but Aftermath, I feel like Aftermath was kind of planned a bit. Uh, no, it, it definitely was I planned. Know. Yeah. Sorry, I'm going to send this over to you, Fantin. But uh, yeah, no, so I, I don't believe that we're going to have a heavy flashback sort of thing. Yes. But at the same time, uh, probably M not. As we said, MK1 to, to Armageddon happening, just because that's happened and then we've gone back in time and things have shifted, everything is important purely because everything leads to this point. If you remember, History Behind the Warrior popped in on, on, on our stream with the Force Snake, I think it was. Yes, it was then. And he said, yeah. oh, I'm going to have to redo all my videos because nothing is canon anymore. <laughs> and on one hand, well, you know, I said to him, in a way, yes. But on the other hand, I don't believe that is true. We just have multiple different canons now. It might not be canon now, but it is still canon to the whole overarching storyline of Mortal Kombat. Without one, two, three, blah, 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 all to Armageddon, you don't get nine. Without one to Armageddon, you also don't get Nine's full story. MK9 doesn't start, but MK9 doesn't go the way it does because Raiden's getting those sort of memories, those little flashback things popping up. Right, right. He knows he has memories of that timeline. He has memories of events that have never been shown in the new timeline. He has memories of of Onaga and you know the him teaming up with the Deadly Alliance to try to stop him, like scenes like that that never actually carried out in mm. the NRS era. Raiden still gets flashbacks of those. And in MK11, we saw flashbacks of a bunch of timelines, some of which the MK fans have never even been privy to before. The implication being that Kronika has restarted time over and over and over again. I think where MK11 really, the overall theme of MK11 that carries over into the future is, guys, there was once a being named Kronika. She was resetting time over and over again for her own ends, and she was never going to stop. And I had to put an end to it once and for all. This is my new universe. I really feel like MK11's whole thing is Kronika was a titan resetting time unbeknownst to us. She's been doing it all along. That's over and done with now. I really think that that's the whole point going into yeah, MK1. Agreed completely. And even if we're going to go a step further, even thinking without Kronika, you have MKX's storyline borrowing so much of Mortal Kombat 4's storyline as well. And then you yeah. have the comics as yeah. well, prequel to MKX. In my opinion, borrowing off of... Really borrowing a lot exactly. of the TV era yes. in those comics. So everything is canon. Everything matters. And I think that all leads up to MK11 because MK11, firstly, you don't get MK11 without going, again, back in time. We don't get the time quake. We don't get these characters being brought forward in time. We don't get the entire story leading up to the events that take place between... Liu Kang fighting and defeating Kronika. You then, moving now into Aftermath, need the Aftermath story to take place before we get to MK1. And the best part about bringing up Aftermath now is you don't get Aftermath without MK11 story, base story, and you don't get Aftermath itself without MK11 story itself taking place again at the same time. So if anything, MK11 story is doubly important in this situation. And without that, we don't get to the aftermath endings, which I believe are the, I know that one of you mentioned earlier that this is MK11's ending. I believe this is aftermath's ending, not MK11's ending. Liu Kang and or Shang Tsung have won potentially different timelines in this situation here.
because we see, obviously, Liu Kang, he says it's his new era, etc., etc. He's controlling this timeline. But then we're seeing Shang Tsung come in and absolutely bodying everybody as if he's got, you know, crazy godlike abilities and then losing to Liu Kang. Maybe no. this is just the story. Maybe they've both won. But regardless, this is aftermath taking, sorry, Phantom, taking everything from MK1 through to MK Armageddon, through to MK9, through to MK11. Everything I mean, is important here. So to, to a point, Mortal Kombat 1 through 11, or Mortal Kombat, I can't say Mortal Kombat 1, Mortal Kombat through Mortal Kombat 11. Which one? Is the story about, is the story of, of Fire God Liu Kang becoming Fire God Liu Kang. That's all it is. And yeah. now, and that's all, like I said, that's all pre-time. And so now we have Liu Kang, Fire God Liu Kang, who is the entity of this story. And it's no longer related to Mortal Kombat 11. I mean, you you know, you can go back and replay Mortal Kombat through Mortal Kombat 11 to figure out how a god becomes a god. But at the end of the day, that doesn't matter anymore. This is its own thing completely from scratch. And they are going to have a whole bunch of new yep. things happen in the new timeline that have never happened before in previous timelines. So we're going to get a lot of new stuff. That makes this game accessible to new oh, yeah. Mortal Kombat fans, guys. That makes it so that even if you're not well-versed in the Mortal Kombat lore, you can just kind of jump in. This is a good point for new people to jump in and be like, okay, well, what's the new story with Johnny Cage? I don't really know the old story too well, so what's going on with Johnny and Sonya mm -hmm. and stuff like that? You know what I mean? Like, it, it is kind of cool to have a reboot every once in a while. DC Comics have kind of done that to death with their crisis. Every, every once in a while, there'll be a crisis, and they'll restart the comics, and they'll have, like, a new continuity. And I think MK is kind of going down that yes. route too. Maybe they'll settle on this one for a while, which would be good. One second. Let me just go back in and say yes. hi to Eddie Herta. I want to give him a shout out. He came in. What's going on, buddy? All right. So what I the other point I wanted to make was at the very, very end. Oh, I see you. Yeah, have this is from Ed himself. Yeah, origin stuff. Lots of origin stuff. Thank you. Exactly what I was thinking. Like, I know sometimes people get stuck on some of Ed Boon's words. Yes. This is a good point. A lot of origin stuff is going to be shown here this time around. There's one last point I wanted to make just to tie it into the old timeline just a little. Do you remember at the end of MK11 when Liu Kang approached Kung Lao and he was like, wow, the Kung Lao that I know was very different. Liu Kang may or may not make comments like that this time around. Like, well, the version of Alina I remember would do this. The version of Baraka I remember yeah. would do that. And he might make comments like that, but stuff like more for the older players but for the newer ones that would sort of be a little off-putting like i don't want to know the old stuff but just show me what's what's new so we'll see how much of the old timeline really infiltrates and bleeds over into the new one and i like to say bleeds over because this is a mortal Kombat game <laughs> you know it, uh, firstly that that ed tweet was the one i was referencing earlier i thought it was either ed or dominic but that's the one and <clears throat> talking about Liu kang potentially saying these sorts of things that actually makes our question or answers our question even further because if you look at the trailer itself just the trailer the way Liu Kang is talking he's obviously alluding to things that have taken place already he's saying you know as sisters or rivals etc as sworn enemies or as brothers obviously the brothers thing is a bit maybe we were looking into it quite literally but you know it could be a call back to fire and ice for example or the chapter in MK11 rather than the the Shaolin Monks game we're all hoping for. But 
he is already talking just in the trailer alone about all these things that have taken place. And that, in my opinion, is the clearest way of saying everything that's happened is important. And this is a new leaf with those things in mind. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the right balance. I guess. <laughs> I just, Thank I you, mean, Phantom. <laughs> I, I, know, I, kinda, I kinda disagree. Like, you know, Tabmok said, this is a good jumping on point for, for new players. And, you know, we we have our lore that we're used to and stuff like that. But the way that Ed's tweets are going out and stuff like that, lots of origin stuff, it means they can do whatever they want. And everything that's happened in the past lore-wise doesn't matter except for how it's related to Liu Kang becoming Fire God. So yeah. the way I see it, it, that's kind of like a little prequel story to what's coming up next. And I think from here on out, you know, I, I think it was one of Fourth Snake's videos. He was talking about Twindell, and he was like, the real problem with the conversion of Sindel into Twindell is that new players who are jumping on at this point, that's the only Sindel they're going to know. They're not going to go back and play the older games to figure yes. out who this character was. And so I, I think that's going to be the same thing with Mortal Kombat 1. You're, you have all these new players are going to be joining, seeing that this is the first Mortal Kombat game. And the characters that are established in this game and how they're established is how everybody's going to see these characters going forward. And so as far as that goes, like I said, it's sad because everything that we had, everything we knew is gone from this point on. And I mean, that's, I'm not saying that's a bad thing because Mortal Kombat can be amazing, but yeah, it's, it's a whole new saga. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I see your point to, to an extent where I agree with certain things and I disagree with others. Firstly, I would like to say, hey, Bassett Games, welcome. Just saw you entering the chat. And uh, saw a few people commenting about Shang not having godlike powers. Fair enough. This is this is just me speculating. I could be completely wrong as to both. He is but, pretty powerful, but is it godlike? Well, relative to the other fighters, it seems to be. But then relative to Liu Kang, exactly. it doesn't seem to be. So, you know, comparing power levels is always tricky. It could just be combat. one of those Sindel moments from MK9. Straight up. Yeah, could be exactly yeah. that. You know, speaking of Sindel and Twindel and all that, you know, when they did that in MK11, they said this is not due to time travel shenanigans, right? Like they specifically said that on one of the combat casts. But at least, so that's why it really rubs players the wrong way because it's like, well, you're saying Sindel is evil all along. The old lord doesn't really hold up like yes, with, with that exactly. in mind. But this time, Liu Kang restart. You know, time has been restarted from the beginning. Sindel can be however they make her starting now. It'll make a lot more sense to do those sorts of character revisions under the new rules they've established, which it'll make a lot more sense to do something like that for MK1 than it ever did for MK11 or exactly. MK11. Exactly. And one perfect example of this being done well, actually, is Cabal. <clears throat> Cabal has switched yeah. sides multiple times now through all eras of Mortal Kombat. And that was done quite well, in my opinion, and to a point where nobody really complained. It just felt like the Sindel... <clears throat> issue was really forced in there. Yeah, and I got the developer's point of view on that. Like, well, when we were doing the intro dialogues and we were building her as a character, she really just seemed to flow a lot better. So we ran with it. And I get that. It was more character-driven than lore-driven. And uh, I, I understand where they were coming from, but I also see why fans didn't really like that because <clears throat> some of us care more about the lore and the world building and the surrounding events that kind of fall apart. If exactly. And that's along. the thing that I think we need to, to 
raise attention to. Mortal Kombat fans are okay with change to an extent. Any 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 fandom will be annoyed with a certain change. But the thing that we have to bear in mind is that change needs to make sure that it doesn't affect consistency. You know, and you're 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 saying how you you talk to individuals involved as to the changes behind Sindel, and you can understand that. See, I understood it, and I remember during one of the combat casts, Stephanie, also 16-bit, said something that Sindel has always been evil, <clears throat> and she hasn't looked... She, she She's looked evil this whole time, so it just made more sense for her character to actually be evil. But then... I think people took that comment well, the wrong okay, way. Okay, I'll finish this and then you can tell me why. But the part, the reason that that got to me specifically was Sindel has always had those, you know, the dark eye, eyeliner with the, the whited out eyes. And she's always, let's say, looked evil. Sure, yeah. But I mean, you wouldn't say gothic for whited out eyes, right? So, but her eyes were straight up white and everything. And she looked, quote unquote, evil. And that's what I feel or what, how I took what Stephanie said on that combat cast to say, hey, she's always looked evil. So now what we're doing is making her character actually evil to go in line with her looks. And then literally 30 seconds later, showing off Sindel gameplay of Sindel not having the whited out eyes and all that makeup, just looking like, do you see what I mean? <laughs> that, that inconsistency there, it just looked like an excuse to try and make it seem like Sindel has always been evil and looking for a way to say that. See, I thought they, I thought they wanted to make her evil now, and then they kind of worked back and said, "Well, if you look, she did kind of look evil anyway." Like I didn't really think they started from the look and used that as a jumping off point to make her evil. I kind of thought they did it the other way around. But even then, they've still they've still swapped them. Do you know what I mean? That and that was yeah. that was my yeah, problem with that. I do look. My my real problem was like if you go back and play MK Deception's Conquest mode, and you're Shujinko and you meet Sindel. She's trying to keep the Kamidogu away from Shao Kahn. Like, she doesn't want exactly. Shao Kahn to get it. She didn't say, Shujinko, give it to me and I'll make sure it's safe. And then, haha, suck, <laughs> sucker, yeah. it's now Shao Kahn. <laughs> but even, so I see MK raises a good point to follow up to what you just said about deception. My headcanon for MK11 Sindel is she's still affected by false memories from Quan Chi resurrecting her in MK9. And I was going to bring up MK9 with that scene where Quan Chi, instead of Shang Tsung, recommends to Shao Kahn, I know the Force Snake would, would like me calling this out, but uh, recommends to Shao Kahn that they resurrect her. But, you know, go about it in such a way where she's tainted, etc., etc., and it allows them access to Earthrealm. So, just that alone was like, okay, you're, you're, you're literally admitting, even in MK9, in the same era as MK11, that she was always against Shao Kahn. And that was the problem. And I see your comment, D-Rock, pretty shallow and juvenile. I, I thought it was my, I, I just, th I think that there was a bit of a disconnect with how they were going about bringing the Sindel change. And I think it was just a sort of, I, I hate to use this word, but an excuse to try and find a way to make it fit. And then it's like, oh, but the appearance is like changed now anyway. So that changes things up, you know? And just while I'm talking, hi, Underlined. Nice to see you in here as well. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, get, getting back to the whole MK1 thing, like, if they want to change characters up this time around, it'll make a lot more sense. You know, now if a character changes, if a good character changes to be bad, or if a bad character changes to be good, or if enemies 
team up this time around. It, I get it. I now we, there's a there's a logical explanation for it, and I think that's really what the Mortal Kombat fans want. It's just a logical explanation for what's happening, and I think you know Evil Sindel didn't really pass that test. If they wanted to do something crazy, like make Havoc and Hotaru friends this time, like, okay, why would that ever happen? <laughs> Can Fire God Liu Kang make that happen in this universe? Force a friendship on those friendship? two? Like, Again. That would be interesting. Can he tries. force a brotherhood with Scorpion Sub-Zero? I mean, that's that that's kind of what it seems like might be happening. I mean, you know, they start to face... Are they starting to face off and then they see something in the distance? Or are they... Like, hey, how you doing, buddy? <laughs> and then they see something distance. <laughs> can, can he make it make sense so that Kung Jin is both Kung Lao's cousin and <laughs> nephew? Can he pull that one off? I, I, I'm, I'm really holding back on a bad joke here. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> I know. I was thinking the same joke, probably. <laughs> Actually, I, I just realized something a little bit off topic here, but it kind of relates to what we were just saying. We mentioned Cabal. And Underline joined the chat and he said, I thought it did seem, it did kind of seem like a cop-out or excuse of an explanation where while they've got characters like Cabal, scary looking ass, flipping and flopping allegiances all the time. Funny thing about this comment is Underline has an amazing Cabal cosplay. <laughs> and I like that he's talking about Cabal. This time. Uh, yeah. I just realized I never actually posted pictures of that and he sent them to me and I feel so bad now because they are absolutely amazing. So Underline, you're going to need to <laughs> send the link over to me again so I can get them out because... This is such a sick cosplay. Oh, oh! If you if you send it now, if you send it now, we can bring it up on the stream. Maybe, yeah, yeah. I can make it happen. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> well, you know, we were joking. There was a Realmcast episode with me and with Brusque Poet, and we were kind of joking about how like Cabal's been good and Cabal's been evil, and whichever one they make him the next game, they got it wrong. <laughs> but, <laughs> Can't win. But you know, now with time starting over, like anything goes. Yeah, I, your quote from that episode was great too. I, I wish I saw the clip of that somewhere. But yeah, because the, the it, you kind of pointed out how wherever they're at in the timeline, <laughs> it just it doesn't make sense, or it does make sense. Like just yeah. up to you. Yeah, it's it's hard to get Cabal right, but now with the new rules they're setting for MK One. Go for it. If they start changing him and making him go back and forth again, I'm just going to start laughing. Like, Mortal Kombat can take this, the lore seriously with every single character except just mess Cabal up. <laughs> just mess up Cabal's story. We'll, we can take the Cabal, you know? Like, Although I still believe Cabal in 3D era was best Cabal, straight up. That was such a cool character. And another comment by D-Rock. Sindel looking evil and being good is what gives her depth as a character. And I totally agree here. That was actually... One of the things that I didn't like about Stephanie's comment on that combat cast, because it's like, okay, so she looks evil, so she has to be evil. Why does each character have to be sort of stereotyped based on how they look? And that is actually something I've spoken about on Mortal Kombat 11 a few times in the sense that every character seems to have been dumbed down to have a very specific personality trait. You've got Scorpion being angry. You've got Sub-Zero making cold puns. You've got Cassie making the same kind of jokes multiple times. Same thing with Johnny. You've got Sindel with the betrayal theme. You know, whereas in comparison to MKX, which I feel was actually the best, even in comparison to the later game of MK11, the best pre-fight or mid, like, yeah, pre-fight dialogue between the characters, because it actually gave you a little bit of insight into the lore and was quite consistent to an extent. And then you also got amazing 
gold, like Ermac saying, I'm Ermac times infinity plus one, blah, 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 <laughs> all that stuff, you know? <laughs> well, and they also did, they also did really cool things like give separate dialogue intros for if you pick the Revenant version of the character versus the human version. Like they, there was a lot of complexity in those intro dialogues and they just got more and more complex as, you know, as they tweaked it through Injustice and Mortal Kombat titles. You really got to give props to NetherRealm for those just amazing dialogue oh, yeah. before the fight. Like, I almost hate it when I'm watching a tournament yes, and they exactly. skip past them. It's like, wait, I wanted to see that. That's a good one. And also, just speaking about, like, those amazing moments when a Mortal Kombat game is about to be released. We've been saying the grain of sand and everything. The clock has been one of the best things. I remember back with MK11's release, when we were getting the pre-fight dialogue, I was making memes like crazy just based on that dialogue. Like, there was... There was I remember everybody thinking that the... The chameleon that shows up in Baraka's intro was chameleon or reptile, you know? <laughs> it gets yeah. like shish kebab straight up just as he's walking out and he takes a chomp out of it. It's like, oh, reptile deconfirmed. You know, you had. We really thought they were going to do something, build up yeah. something great out of it. It was. And it was an image, wasn't it? it turns out. That was wasn't actually... it an image before the actual yeah. video was released at the reveal? Yes, yes, and we were, we were yeah. speculating on the meaning behind it. Yeah, that's the most fun time is when fans are speculating and, and trying to guess what this silhouette means or what this green. It's just so good, means. man. You know, half of the fun is half the fun is trying to figure out what it actually means, and the other half of the fun is just ripping exactly. On it and me. like, I know that we do, we, we definitely do both. do both, and I know that everybody, including myself and everybody most likely in this call right now, is extremely hyped and cannot wait for the MK1 release. But I, we, I, I think I also would like to remind everybody to enjoy the lead up to its release. Enjoy the little tidbits that NRS are leaving for us. Enjoy all the stupid jokes and all the speculation, including like people saying things that are absolutely freaking ridiculous that you would not believe. And then the game comes out and it, like they got something right and you're just like, what? You know, like I did not see that coming. And th that's what's beautiful about this point in time. Totally off topic, but I just saw Quincy Brown. I'm wondering if Kung Lao moves are the same or different because his hat is not the Kung Lao we know throwing the hat. Just speaking of Kung Lao, Phantom, do you mind bringing up that picture I sent you? I'll get to your question, Quincy. We were talking about the emblems earlier. I'm, I want everybody's opinion. Does this look like the emblem on the back of Scorpion's outfit? Because I, I, it, to me, it looks like we're seeing a little bit of the dragons on the side again, but it could be something completely different here too. What do you think? Yeah, I'll be honest, my eyesight is not as good as it used to be when I was younger. I'm not sure if that's the same as what Scorpion's got or not. I, I really can't tell. Someone with, with sharper vision than me is going to have to com comment on that and jump in here. Are you talking about the arm symbol or the hey. dragon on the chest? No, definitely the arm symbol. The dragon on the I, chest, I don't, know. Yeah. I don't think definitely it's the same. Definitely the arm symbol. Uh, no? The, no, I, no. I think... Who... So the, chest symbol, the chest symbol is easy, and it, and it's you know obviously the same as what he had in, in like yes. Shell and Monks. But um, no, I think yeah. But some of those some of those symbols are not quite as easy to get a read on, and you know, hopefully somebody can go on like CSI and just say computer enhance and give us a better version. <laughs> I think the arm symbol is closer time. to like a white lotus symbol, honestly. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I think whoever mentioned earlier that it was a, a scorpion on the back of scorpion's back with pinch pincers and and a scorpion needle. I that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if I saw that picture somewhere. Let me see if I can. I sent it to you. Oh yeah, here it is. See, it's a little blurry, right? And it's kind of dark. It's so blurry and so dark, but I could see how that could possibly be. I could definitely see that. Thing. That is yeah. a good shout. Although I, I, I still do wonder if it was the dragons. 
Yeah. Yeah, same. And back to Quincy's comment, as well as D-Rock following up on it, I'm thinking it's the great Kung Lao who probably didn't have razors on his hat. That would fit very well into, firstly, what Phantom and I thought we were seeing. I say thought, I've seen because I could barely see the, the trailer on the first watch through. Thank you, Phantom. But I on honestly thought we were getting great Kung Lao. And I because of the one FPS per minute that I was watching the trailer at, <laughs> I didn't see the lightning strike. So I still thought this was maybe Kung Lao and the great Kung Lao or something brought in forward in time or something like that. But if it is... Takeda and not Hanzo. And we're seeing the creation of the Shirai Ryu breaking off from the Lin Kuei, and we're seeing them actually being brothers. And this could be Kung Lao, but not actually the Kung Lao we know now, but the great Kung Lao. I could see that definitely being the case with his hat not having the, the razors on the end of it. But at the same time, we could just assume that his hat doesn't have razors anymore and it's part of his ability. I mean, to me, I just think that since this is a new timeline, you know, the old, the new Kung Lao was actually the reincarnation of the great Kung Lao. So it's the same soul. So he should have some of the same abilities. Even if great Kung Lao didn't wear a hat and the new one does, he'll figure out how to use it, right? He wore it in Conquest. Yeah, he wore it in <laughs> Conquest. Exactly. The For the first episode, anyway. For the first time. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> it was a nice callback, by the way, just for it the is. record. It is. <laughs> You know, uh, I love that we, we did an eight-hour stream talking about these things, which I don't expect anybody to go back and watch because it was eight hours. You but say that, that, but it's still getting a lot of views, which is true. cool. I like seeing people, like, comment on um, our stupid <laughs> discussion. <laughs> but I was going to say, like, we're still talking about new things from this one trailer, which that, that goes to show how exciting this whole thing is. Yeah. I, I have a, a, a good tinfoil hat theory for you. Where's your tinfoil right. hat? Put it on. Uh, history will be again. disappointed. History, the, history actually did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so have a look here at Kung Lao. Okay, look at his model for you know what for what it is. It's mm -hmm. not the best model that we have in the game. It's not the best image that we have in the game. Yeah. Like, especially if you compare that to things like let me see if I can get this load. Just go to Scorpion or uh... yeah. yeah and there here's, you go. Here's Scorpion. I mean, <laughs> that is beautiful. Night and day. Yeah. yeah. And then you're Kung right. Lao you're is... right. There's more detail. Yeah, so, you know, I kind of wonder if this is basically throwaway characters. Raiden, well, Raiden honestly, and Kung Lao both. Honestly, Quincy Brown asked a question like an hour ago, and mm -hmm. I've been thinking about it in my head ever since. Do you think this is made using the Unreal 3 engine or Unreal 5? And I'm not, I have no clue. It looks like mm. so good. I almost think it has to be Unreal 5. But This is, um, the, this is the worst scene, in my opinion, in terms of graphics really compared to the rest of the trailer and it's still this great is... and it's still yeah. great but comparatively exactly. yeah there's be there's even better ones so i kind of think that the cinematic trailer could be made in a different engine than the gameplay so maybe we should just kind of wait and chill and let's look at the gameplay trailer then make a make a, a guess on which one they're going with oh yeah and like I said believes time, it's unreal 5 yeah like i said last time this is the best katana's ever looked in my opinion so mm -hmm. makes me want to think that at least the cinematics are done with unreal 5 yeah, yeah, that I can question see that. brought brought up a, a, a very good point that was made by... Sorry, Kong. sorry, Phantom. Sorry, bring up Delara's comment. This is actually quite interesting. It's apparently UE3 customizes, I've heard, but the shading render definitely looks UE5 now. If, if you're not following Delara, she's an amazing artist. Artist, she yeah. probably knows what she's talking about, so that's why I wanted to bring this up. This, I mean, that could be some pretty cool insight into this, actually. 
Anyway, sorry, Phantom. I, I just thought it was good to bring this up. You were saying. So let me pull up this, this tweet made by MK Colum. Mm-hmm. And he, Yanni, I can let you read it if you want, but he kind of breaks <laughs> down some of the... the okay, let me summarize this. Scroll down a little bit. Okay, too far. <laughs> Basically saying that a lot of people are saying that they think MK1 is using AI for character models. And Eddie Herta, you're a perfect example of that. You just said that now in the chat. I'm guessing since they're rumored to be using Unreal Engine 5.2, the characters are made with Unreal Engine's MetaHuman. Maybe they're not scanning actors anymore. I'm, I'm loosely paraphrasing everybody, just so you know. MetaHuman generates realistic humans and eliminates the need to scan faces, allows them to merge custom sculpts with pre-generated faces, allows ease for facial motion capture into the game engine. He's made characters with MetaHuman before and had ultra-realistic results. His examples are Kari Hiroyuki Togawa, Shang Tsung, as Shang Tsung, Daniel Pesina, as Johnny Cage, I think it was, he said. Yeah, there mm-hmm. we are. And let me let me just give a shout out to Justin McCollum because he's sat down and he's played with these tools and he knows how to use them and he makes amazing mm. stuff with them. He's he's a oh, really yeah. talented 3D artist. If you were lucky enough to get like a Shinox amulet from him or one of those MK3 towers, you're one of the lucky few. I've got those in my collection, so I'm I'm considered among those fortunate in in the Mortal ranks of the Mortal Kombat community to have that stuff. But this guy knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. I might have to accidentally borrow it when I do visit you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Oops, it's in my suitcase. Sorry, man. I'm going to lock it up <laughs> when you come. Uh, he maybe, yeah, I mean, look, if he's saying that it looks like it could be metahuman, you know, he may be onto something. Yeah. Well, I, I trust his, his opinion on this stuff. I think it's a really good point because of the amount of, like, if we, we, we you know, we've talked about this so much about Mortal Kombat 11, how the character designs looked so realistic that it was like watching, you know, somebody actually get torn apart in real life. But then people, when they watched Mortal Kombat 1 trailer, they pointed out, you know, we have all these comments saying, oh, it looks like AI generated stuff. It, it doesn't look real anymore. And that makes a lot of sense if they were using the the metahuman sculptors for these characters. Mm-hmm. They aren't going to be able to get that same level of realism that we had become used to in Mortal Kombat 11. So, yeah, I, I think he's definitely on the right track there. But you know, I don't know for sure, but it, it makes a lot more sense <laughs> after I think, reading. I think this game actually looks better than MK11. Yep, 100%. I think, I think lighting-wise it does. I think the realism factor is different. And, you know... The proportions just... look better to me. Look, I don't have Agreed. an artist's eye. I, I said that before. My vision's not what it used to be when I was younger, but I still think MK1 looks better by the proportions of people. They just look more spot-on somehow. So when I was getting our, our episode thumbnail ready for this episode, I was kind of looking at it because what we did is we had a, if, if you're watching this on YouTube or whatever, you might notice we have a, a cross section, which is half of it is Fire God Liu Kang from Mortal Kombat 11. And then the other half of it is Fire God Liu Kang from Mortal Kombat 1. And let me bring this up on the screen real quick. I love that, the half and half. Yeah. The What was interesting when we were doing it is that... Look at his eyes. <laughs> I'm looking mm. at him. And you see how the the one on the right side of him is is much larger. It just it could just be that it's glowing, but you know, the proportions are a little bit different, even Definitely. though they seem to be using the same face model. I don't think they are. I think uh, it's I, just the eye. I think they just exaggerated the eyeball. 
It, it could be, but I don't know. I, I, to me, the you know, I would love to see what some of our, our artists that are on here say about it. But you know what think... would be cool What's if that? you just like flipped the image a couple times just so we could get the difference between the left and the right half <laughs> that would be like if you could drag across and show what it looks like like this or like, like make that. a yeah. gif where it just goes okay. like this way this way this way this way you know what i mean like pronounce gif sorry every time you guys are, are stress testing me now <laughs> <laughs> but i'm, I'm team gif i'm gif forever <laughs> but it, totally off topic but i had like an hour long I say discussion, it was an argument with Phantom about this, and he just kept saying, it's not graphics, okay? Anyway, right. for another time. In the meantime... I'll put it like this. I've heard people say, well, the creator of the format says it's pronounced GIF. Exactly. And I'm like, an idiot. And my rebuttal to that is, hey, the creator of Star Wars can say that Han didn't shoot first. It doesn't really matter what the creator says. Han shot first. <laughs> and it's pronounced GIF. <laughs> so, other than the GIF, that we're talking about. <clears throat> We've had a few good comments coming up. Can we start from D-Rock Phantom? Uh, someone uh, made a video about this and explained. And explained. Uh, nope, too I far. I don't know which one. There's, there's a lot of comments in here. Scroll down <laughs> a little bit. Guys, all your comments are amazing, and I would love to respond to each and every one of them. But really, you, the only way we can guarantee that we'll respond to a comment is if you super chat it. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> They'll show up. <laughs> I'm not uh, saying yeah. anything. <clears throat> Listen to Taiwan. No, uh, <laughs> someone made a video about this and explained why they wouldn't need to use UE5 because the gameplay isn't fully 3D. MK11 was using a modified URE3 engine, but that's pretty outdated, I think. And then also Delara right. following up saying, I didn't, my own character of mine in MetaHuman, it's a great tool which can indeed replace face scans. Plus, it's good to import models from the program to UE. So I can see it happen that they used it for their face models. And I, I, I like the fact that, you know, we're getting some proper information with these comments. So thank you for that. W whether you're experienced or whether you've watched something on it where they've informed you on that. It's just so interesting to see the different sort of approach and trying to understand the process itself to see why this is so different. Because even now, both of you, just the two of you, Tabmok and Phantom, you're, you're at odds on which looks better mk11 or mk1 i believe mk1 looks better but as you're saying also phantom it's really just the proportions are slightly different i, I think it looks prettier the lighting's better but the the realism of the characters is different <laughs> says scott's prettier. comment <laughs> i think i think raiden yeah i know scott uh, I, think, <laughs> I think raiden looks a lot better in the new one like you know what i mean like when i look at raiden and mk11 i thought the graphics were great but mk1 raiden looks just a cut above yeah uh, hold on. let me see if i can pull raiden back up i had a good picture of him somewhere i, can send it to you. I disagree <laughs> you and don't think that raiden and mk1 looks amazing no i think he looked better in mk11 wow yeah let me let me pull him up real quick I got i'm sending you a picture now if you like that's Maybe he looked best in MK Mobile. <laughs> okay, so here's Raiden, and I, I'll, I'll say this: he is. It is a better. Uh, the lighting's better. There's good skin texture to it, but he doesn't look like a human. He looks. He looks kind of like Final Fantasy. What? No, yeah. I disagree entirely. Like, like, sorry, Final Fantasy film. Is nah. what it, it, it says to me. He looks. He looks amazing to me. Well. This yeah, looks more realistic to me than MK11 did. <laughs> right. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uh, and well, it's two against one. 
Like okay. pu pull up a pull up a Raiden. Pull okay, I got the perfect scene for you to pull up. Go search Raiden Human Raiden MK11. Search that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right, let me see. Yeah, I'm 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 wondering about that Eddie Herta. We're going to miss Richard Epcar. Yeah, I I wonder how this is going to go cuz in my in my head when I hear Raiden speak, I hear Richard. <laughs> Yeah, that's going to be... They're going to have to follow him up with somebody good if they're not using Richard Epcar this time. Put them side by side, Phantom. I'm I, sorry? I can't do like, that. Oh, you can't? Okay, well, yeah. I'm sorry, but as good as this looks, I believe the MK1s looks way more realistic. So I think MK1 has better skin textures. I think it has better lighting to it. But the motion of these characters, the way that they move, the way that they interact with each other... It, I don't know. It just kind of has. We haven't seen enough of that yet. I thought this MK1. was good at the time, but now compared to what they're doing in the MK1 trailer, this almost looks like a Pixar film. You know what I mean? Mm. I, I understand what you're saying. This looks like a real person, and MK11 Raiden now to me looks like a cartoon character. I just, I, like, once I've seen the yeah. MK1 trailer, it's hard to go back. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you entirely on this. Like, even, even compare Fire God Liu Kang in both MK11 and MK1. And I love the pun from Underlined, Raiden looking shocked. Hey! <laughs> we'll What's have to up? call him Punderlined, Inc. Ooh! Tapmok, always at it. I don't even bother good. making puns when I'm on chat with you because you just like destroy me with them. <laughs> nah, you're great at them. I, I, I want you to <laughs> I want you to join in. Usually if it's just it's one guy in the corner and he has to listen to two people making puns back and forth. Oh, man. That's, that's true. Funny. And th that is the best way to see Phantom. We can just disband him off with our puns. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Liu Kang, Phantom. Uh, what about him? Can you bring up Fire God Liu Kang and MK11 Liu Kang? Fire God? One oh. and 11. Because I also want to address the fact that somebody said it's the same face model. And I don't believe they are. You don't think so? I don't. I am I, I looking. Think... I am looking forward to getting official comments from the development team and the artists about the difference in the process behind mm. the scenes. Yeah. Because right now we can't really 100% tell. We can't tell you for 100% sure they used a face scan or or it was generated with MetaHuman. We don't 100% know just yet. Yeah. We've had some very educated guesses from people in the community, though. I don't know. Should we are go you, back to our original able? topic? No, well, no. You're able to bring Did up the picture. Is MK11 pointless? Yeah. Obviously not. We spoke about we've spoken about it for so long now. That means it's not pointless. I mean, I mean it is pointless. We've moved on. You know, <laughs> so quickly. <laughs> the part where Shao Kahn is getting dethroned and and Kotal Khan's replacing him, and there's like a time portal, and all these other people are showing up from past time. Like, yeah, doesn't matter. We're starting yeah. over. I get it. I get it. But at the same time, the overall theme of, you know, the threat that Kronika representative of constantly starting and restarting time and, and finally someone had to put her in her place and start over without her. I think that's a good, I think it, it all did matter. Maybe some of the details honestly didn't, but I think the overall theme does. The big picture stuff does. Oh, that's a good shot of MK11 Fire God Liu Kang. Yeah, so look at the face and compare that to what we're getting now in MK1. No, I'm not, I'm not saying there's not a... a, a advancement in the technology i'm just saying that i think they've definitely used a different mechanism for these facial constructs i don't think it has that same i don't know how to, how to phrase it it's it's 
it in Mortal Kombat One, it's closer to the what's that paradox called where things yes. look real but they're not real enough. I know that one. Yeah, yeah I know uh, the uncanny, uncanny valley. Uncanny valley. Uh, yes. Yeah, I think MK One is a little bit closer to Uncanny Valley if it weren't for the lighting. Well, well, Mortal Kombat Eleven, it it. To so where if it gets too good. If it gets too much better than it is now, it'll reach that uncanny valley yeah, territory. And, and Mortal Kombat 11 didn't quite do that uncanny valley style to it, but it still had like a level of realism to it. Yeah. Look, I do I do want to bring it back because I see a good comment here from ICMK. If you want to bring up that recent one, MK11 isn't pointless. We just weren't wanting another reboot in what feels so soon. Yeah. And yeah. I do know that it feels so soon, but look at the ending. There was of only MK11. one way it was going to go. Look at the fact. What possible choice did they have? Like, this is the obvious outcome of that. There was no other direction for them to go. But, hey, Liu Kang saw it in a new universe. All the Mortal Kombat characters that we know and love are back. But it's new iterations of them. It's a new timeline. Time started over. Only it's going to be different from all the Kronika timelines that, that she's been doing in the past. Kronika is going to try... I'm sorry, Liu Kang's going to try and do things different. He's going to try and usher in a new era of peace. First thing in the trailer that it was a blank slate that he's filling in with warmth. And I love, I love the way NRS updated their profile picture with like blank slates right before the trailer dropped. Like we all, I mean, if you were paying attention to the MK11 ending, you kind of saw where they were going with this. Well, I want to, I want to just draw attention to the fact that Phantom but it'd be smart and funny by doing the same thing with ours. And then we got stuck with no profile picture for three weeks until Twitter reviewed our profile. <laughs> yeah. But, you I know. don't know why that was. I thought you were just didn't know when to end the joke. Like, like Saturday Night Live does, where they just take this one joke and run it into the ground. I didn't know what Yanni does. That sounds like a Yanni thing, though. <laughs> yeah, Twitter has a thing where you can only update your profile picture once every month or something. <laughs> Wait so, a minute. So how did Mortal Kombat get away with it? I think they probably paid a lot of money. Permission. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they probably worked it out in advance, right? Because they do things right. like they hashtag emojis. They're probably at that level where they can work something out. You can hashtag emojis now? Oh, yeah. In, in Twitter, you can. You can. If if Mortal Kombat is trending, it'll have a dragon next to it sometimes. Or Mortal Kombat. Oh, yes, you're right. I've seen yeah. that. Okay. And, I think, and I think brands have to pay for that privilege. Yeah, I believe so. So... We we don't pay that kind of money <laughs> for our Twitter. <laughs> Has anybody asked Elon how much that would be? Yanni, are you on? I'm that? not. I'm not going to. Although I did see. Are you still in the chat? Wait, hold on. Let me see. Make sure if it was him. I think Dave Savage was specifically tweeted towards Elon earlier today. I think it was. I'm not sure, but I don't know if you got a response. I don't think I'm going to try getting a response from Elon myself personally. But if that is the case. We should try and get Realmcast a trending with the little dragon emoji. What do you think, guys? Let's do it. Sassit <laughs> <laughs> Games had a good comment. If you want to bring this new one up, what if... Yes, Luke, I like this. What if Liu Kang starts to act like Kronika after going mad from all of the responsibility and power? You know, it's funny that he uses those two words, responsibility and power, because as mm. we all know, with great power comes great responsibility. Yes. I learned that, that from my old Uncle Ben. <laughs> uh, the fact is if, if you go on long enough right like you you keep on resetting time resetting time and it never works out the way you want to eh, i could see where it would drive her mad a little bit but as yeah. far as we can see Liu kang's only been through this once 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, that for all we can see, but for all, for all we, we know, see. this has been his millionth turn through as well. Yeah, I I think this is so. You know, the the hourglass video that we got that a million memes were made out of. That was the last stand in the hourglass. So I think it got to a point where he had reset the timeline so much that he just un like got rid of everything and made a brand new world, a brand new era. And well, listen like, to the dialogue. He he straight up says it's time to wake up. It seems like everybody's been asleep as he's been processing time in a way, and now he's saying this is where things come alive. This is my new era. And that's why I think we see the hourglass shattered. You know, there's a lot of religions that kind of think your soul exists before you're born and is just kind of in limbo waiting for you to be born so that it can kind of go into your body. So that could be where the wake up comes from, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That could be it too. But it could just be a shout out to the players. Like, hey, you guys have kind of been waiting for a new game. That too. Almost time to wake up and play a new one. Yeah, a lot of these, a lot of these little quotes a lot of thought has to go into them because they kind of work on several level, several different layers at a time. Yeah, they really do. And you also have to remember that I think somebody said it's been watched, what, 2.7 million times now? Like, we're going to watch the hell out of this thing. And and I'm sure, like, only 1.7 million of those were you. <laughs> only. <laughs> I can't even deny it. Every time Luke Kang speaks, I'm like, whoa! <laughs> so I think, can we all agree that MK11 was not pointless and the big picture it needed to happen to get us to where we are and now we can start over anew with the new universe. Is that more or less is that where yeah, we are? Yeah, I mean on? I don't all these events Phantom's opinion doesn't matter. I still think it's pointless now. I mean because it's gone. Like do you did if they made a Raiden backstory that didn't really impact anything else going forward with the Mortal Kombat franchise would you think that it was an important storyline? Like I mean, it, I mean, it does a little bit more character development or something, but... Then yes. Uh, if there's character development, if there's any look, development as a result of it. Everything everything Raiden did, from protecting Earthrealm from Shinnok back in the day, to, to locking up his amulet and keeping it housed in a Shaolin temple, like all the stuff we saw in MK Shaolin Monks, all the way to, to the ending of MK11, where he transfers his power to Liu Kang and says, I think this is the best way to stop the threat of Kronika once and for all. Everything Raiden did mattered to get us to where we are today. So I think even the old timeline, the old timelines still matter. Yeah, I agree with you. Oh, firstly, sorry, I know I'm doing this, but there's, there's a bunch of things to jump between. Firstly, thank you, Eddie Herta, for the super chat. Imagine back in the days fighting sprites versus 3D gameplay. I mean, that's really what it feels like. It, it's, it's that next stage, isn't it? Of, yeah. It's so weird to look back and think how we've moved from this era to this era to this era. There was an interesting question earlier asking if now that we have more come at one, here it is from underlining. Uh, I wonder if MK1 is going to affect the development of Onslaught, if at all. Actually, uh, Force Snake has a really cool episode entirely about that, and I haven't seen all of it yet. But oh, he, did you make a whole episode off that? Because he talked yeah. to us a little bit about it on a episode, a video about it, rather. Yeah. He did um, talk about it, didn't he? Mm hmm. It basically. He is under the impression they might have sent it back for updates to the the game models to make them more in line with Mortal Kombat One game models. I don't know if that's the thing because those those opening cinematics seem pretty well finished. But yes, you know, yeah. it, it 
they maybe they are maybe they're they're going to do that to line it up in in what he said on our show was that why would you invest this money in an online game like a mobile game that has no tie-in to people who are coming into the franchise in the first place so uh yeah i, I think that's a good question and i guess time will tell because we don't have a release date for Mortal Kombat Onslaught yet either. So <laughs> I, do, I do think that regardless of how the story ties in, there's going to be the other tie-in, which is log in to MK Onslaught with your WB Play ID and log in to MK1 with your WB Play ID. And if you play the mobile game today, you'll get this bonus in MK1. And if you log into MK1, you'll get this bonus in MK Onslaught. So I wouldn't be surprised if they do that sort of a tie-in this time around. Yeah, I could see. Like, that why sort would of thing. if you're a big games developer, why would you not do that? Yeah, very good point. I mean, you've already got this game running off these specific models. the The style itself seems to be very MK11 as a whole. They could potentially, because it does seem to be you know an alternate timeline and everything. They could potentially move into Mortal Kombat One in a way and then have variants of those characters as we've seen with Mortal Kombat Mobile. Mortal Kombat Mobile has has different types of characters. I mean, like you've got 50 different Scorpions, for example, you know? Right. So, and, and some of the variants know. don't quite fit into any of the timelines we've seen, like Elder exactly. God Tenchi, for example, or Vampiris yeah. Molina, for example. Yeah. Actually, speaking of Elder God... Kenshi, that is such a cool one, which I would love to get a skin of that. Yeah. Well, you, you know, know, the MK modding community can probably yeah, do something with him. That's true. Yeah. The the, the thing about the, the Mortal Kombat 1 through 9 is that it's it's timelines. You know, Mortal Kombat 1 through 9 is, or sorry, Mortal Kombat through Mortal Kombat 9, or Mortal Kombat through Mortal Kombat 11 is timelines. So as we've seen with Snowblind, they can do absolutely anything within the constructs of that universe mortal kombat one going forward they've mentioned that timelines and and time travel and these alternate timelines and stuff like that is no longer around so Mm. this is a more established universe and so i think anything that's going to deviate from that is going to exist within the mortal kombat to mortal kombat 11 timeline so to that point i guess mortal kombat 11 is still relevant yeah yeah right because it did establish the existence of other timelines that have happened many many times chronic has created many of them and mk onslaught just happens to be one of them yep and so i see what you're saying and if onslaught doesn't get a full revamp like we've mentioned then the same thing goes for that it's going to be part of that mortal kombat 11 timeline still so yeah i mean as far as mortal kombat 1 goes i still think Mortal Kombat 11, well, Mortal Kombat through Mortal Kombat 11 doesn't matter anymore, but it doesn't mean I'm not a fan of it, of the original timelines, and it doesn't mean that it's not going to be relevant in the franchise at all. Uh, right, right. I think I think they'll always have some amount of relevance, and uh, here we go. Here's the era stuff. Yeah, so we're talking timelines, and I we, we haven't gotten permission from, I, I know it's it's Twitter and we can technically just show off tweets, but I still would rather get permission from people for these sorts of things. So mm-hmm. this was actually influenced by at Uncanny Carlos's Uncanny Carlos. timelines post. 
it was very good and he's got an updated version of it with a video in 4k actually where it's very informative i highly recommend you check that out this and that's on his YouTube channel picture. also yes he does link that on his twitter too as far as i remember mm -hmm. uh, but this picture was inspired but the idea was inspired by his timelines thing because i think about the mortal kombat really games through eras rather than timelines at this point and thank you again as i said mentioned earlier i suck at doing these things myself i have the concept in my mind but i can't do it so thank you to evil star legacy for putting it together for me i have seen a lot of kickback for mortal kombat 4 and mortal kombat dc versus dc universe fair enough yeah those ones are always going to be the black sheep and i actually specifically said that on a separate post Mortal Kombat 4 could have been arcade and it could have been 3D. It was really both. It was the, the gap, bridging the gap between the two eras. It was the final arcade game. And one thing that I had a bit of an issue choosing was really the names for the eras. Because prior to, to actually, I think I even said this on, on our chat with, with David Craddock, Phantom, where we, mm -hmm. he was trying to figure out the eras for his books. And I said, I gave them to him and he's like, I'll use those in the book. So... I stuck with those, actually. I stuck with arcade era, 3D era, for obvious reasons. Arcade games, 3D era, obvious. Reboot era, because that was really our first reboot. And then, obviously, new era for Luke Hang's new era. They even specifically call it new era in their promotional tweets and such, and they've even called it the new era in the trailer itself. And this is why I think it's... The reason I wanted to bring this up is because I think that saying that all of these previous games prior to the new era don't matter. Because if you're saying that MK11 doesn't matter, in my opinion, you're saying that the rest of the games don't matter too. Yeah. Hmm. So to say that all these games, as well as potential spin-offs, which I have not put on this era's picture purely because these are for mainline games. And yes, DC Universe counts as a mainline game. It's the eighth game. There's clips of that. Tabmok, you shared a very good clip of that recently. Saying that they don't matter, saying that MK11 doesn't matter and saying that the rest of them don't matter means that really this is an entirely new franchise, according to your logic. And I'm aiming this at Phantom specifically. <laughs> because, <laughs> because to me, you cannot have Mortal Kombat 1 without MK11. You cannot have MK11 without X. You cannot have X without 9 or Mortal Kombat. You cannot have 9, really, in my opinion, without DC because without MK versus DC, you were not going to get a follow-up game. MK versus DC, as much as people like to hate on it, firstly, in my opinion, was not actually that bad. I feel like it gets a Special Forces criticism, mm. which while I've played Special Forces and can definitely understand that. I haven't beaten that, that one yet. I haven't beaten I don't, even, I don't even blame you. And I think I said that to you on Twitter earlier. <laughs> but like DC itself was quite necessary for us to move forward. It might not have been important to the lore. No, but, but it did establish... It did establish a story mode, which has kind of become standard for Mortal Kombat since then, and that's exactly. important to the lore. It also kind of, like, other fighting games have kind of adopted that too, like MK versus DC sort of started that. So, you know, criticisms aside, it was influential. Yeah, it definitely was. Now, if we're going to argue that the lore of MK11 doesn't count purely because we've reset the entire timeline, then... I think I would go so far as to say the only game that doesn't matter in terms of lore is MK versus DC. And yet, even that, the apocalypse stage shows up in MK11. Right. So everything here matters, in my opinion. 
Well, it might have been a little Easter egg, of course, fine. But if it's showing up in the story mode, I'm sorry, but I sort of consider it canon to an extent. Now, this you... may be a bit too much of a DC Comics geek kind of a thing, but I did hint at it earlier that DC Comics, they do their reboots, they do their crisis every once Rebirth. in a while. It started with Crisis on Infinite Earths, and then they've done crises a lot of times over. And now they do it on their Arrowverse. Now they do it on their TV shows. They have their own little crises going on. Oh, yeah. My point with it is that one of the DC writers came up with this idea of hypertime. So when people ask, well, which timeline is real or which one happened or which one's canon? The answer with hypertime is that it all happened. There's always these branching timelines and every single DC Comics issue that you ever read happened somewhere in the DC universe, which means that it would be theoretically possible for interdimensional hopping beings who could hop from one dimension to the next to hop into any DC comic that's ever been published. Okay, I'm going to go a little bit more geeky. Okay. Marvel Comics, what they ended up doing with their timeline is any current Marvel book that you're reading is set in the present, but then you have characters that will time travel into the future. And that future timeline is always in flux. So if you travel into the future and you come back to the present, whatever you're making happen in your present is going to change the future. So when you travel back to the future again, it could look completely different. Right. Mm -hmm. That's always something that you see with characters like Cable or yeah, maybe exactly. Spider-Man 2099, Any, anyone yes. from the future. And so kind of kind of going back on what Yanni was saying earlier, it, if Mortal Kombat 11 is pointless, everything else is kind of pointless. And, and with Mortal Kombat 1, I, I think that's what we're getting. I think we're getting... <laughs> everything else before this was pointless and I, and I think we've got hints of that in the trailer you know there's a lot of speculation now of what what's going on with scorpion sub-zero why are they from the same clan are they actual brothers like the the script the overlay kind of hints at or it or doesn't mean that they're some kind of brotherhood what is happening and ed boone going out there and saying things like there's going to be a lot of new origin stories and stuff like that. It means that everything that's kind of happened before that doesn't matter anymore. Mortal Kombat through Mortal Kombat 11, it was just Liu Kang's story telling how Liu Kang became a god. And, and what he does with his newfound power. Yeah. And, and what we, we've kind of discussed is that Liu Kang being a god in this new timeline, you know, we don't know what we're getting. We don't know if it's a good god or if it's a dark god. But this is our new status quo, and this is going to be the precedence going forward. So to, to that argument, I still think Mortal Kombat's pointless. Mortal Kombat 11 is pointless. But we put out a poll on YouTube, and it looks like... Oh, you pulled the results. Let's see them. <laughs> Are we done with the results, or should we leave it up for a few more minutes? We've I, I got 12 ended. votes, and there's a few more people than that watching at the moment. Yeah, well, oh. I ended it. <laughs> wow. All right, then let's well, pull it up. It's a, I do uh, want to see. I do want to. We should have done the poll on Twitter, guys. Oh, I know. We, we, really we can do that. We, we can do we that can with do a, a link to this episode later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's have a poll, and then maybe the next stream you can show off the results. So, now, out of the twelve votes we got, sixty-six percent says Mortal Kombat Eleven is not pointless. Thank uh, you. Meaning, Phantom is completely wrong as always. So, it sounds like sixty-six percent of you guys disagree with me, and <laughs> I think can we can we block these guys <laughs> no, no, no. So, they're right they're right i you know what 56 percent of people on camera right now agree with 66 percent of people on the poll that's true <laughs> so actually i just want to draw attention to something you keep saying fenton you keep mm -hmm. saying that mortal kombat 11 in your opinion was pointless 
Now, I'd like to go through the definition. I think it was pointful. For a second. It was definitely pointful because <laughs> pointless means having little or no sense, use or purpose. Now, you then contradicted yourself by saying, yes, it was pointless, but of course, you know, it has some use to, to the story. <laughs> I'm like, well, ha, got wait. You. He's got you there. <laughs> and if you're going to say that it's pointless, but that it's going to affect Mortal Kombat 1, that would mean that actually, even though you think that it might have wasted time, it still had a point. So, you know, I'm saying that as a guy who thinks that a lot of the Star Wars prequels were also pointless. <laughs> I mean, we didn't need a lot of that. Well, stuff those that weren't we got. pointless, they were just boring. That well, they were both <laughs> literally just think, Tatooine, just give her a Tatooine. That's all I don't think Mortal Kombat 11 was <laughs> boring, but no, not at all. The way that it, it kind of it kind of contradicted itself in a lot of ways, it kind of well, you contradicted con yourself in a lot of ways, so I guess I'm pointless too. <laughs> well, oh, well, he's gone. Where'd he go? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he rebooted. <laughs> I was now, just do you have any connection with the previous fan, Tim, that was just here? <laughs> no, this is the brand new <laughs> or, one. Are you point, or was that one pointless? That one was pointless, and I, I agree with... I, I, I would argue that he wasn't audience. pointless. He had some use to this conversation. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know, that, that's still just my opinion. I, I think going forward, none of this stuff's going to be touched upon. You guys kind of, you know, keep talking about how... You know, there's a possibility that, or even in the chat too, there's people saying, you know, Luke Kang remembers what came before him. Raiden possibly remembers what came before him. I, I don't think that's going to be the case. I, I think at this point, Luke Kang's been in this time stream reboot for so long that he doesn't have a definite history. He's transcended that. He's he's this new being in a new era and. We're not going to have any kind of flashbacks of Liu Kang being like, oh my gosh, I remember I used to date Katana and now there she is. <laughs> you know, I think it's... Now he... it feels like there's this weird power differential between us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, technically, wasn't there always in a way? Yeah, it was the other way around. Yeah, it was the other way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, All right. So guys, yeah. I think I think we kind of addressed the point. The Actually, point. You sounded like you were about to come up with something really interesting. Let me hear oh, that. I lost talk. it. No, you're good. Go ahead. <laughs> no, you said about Liu Kang and how he just recreated Katana. Oh, so I, I think at this point, even for Liu Kang, Mortal Kombat 11 is pointless because I don't think he's operating on the same, same level he was. I don't think we're getting the same Liu Kang that we had. I don't think we're getting, you know, honorable Shaolin monk turned fire god Liu Kang. I think we have fire god Liu Kang. And I think at this point in the story... He's something different. He's something evolved past the Liu Kang that we knew. And I, and I think the story mode, you know, we, we've talked about it on, on the last Soul Stream, how he is, there's a, there's a darkness there. You know, Liu Kang might even be the villain of the story, is what some people have speculated. It could be that that's the case. Maybe that this isn't our Liu Kang anymore. This is a whole new incarnation in a whole new world. Who knows, maybe the hourglass exploding just recreated Liu Kang as a fire god. Like, it, time will kind of tell when we get the actual story to Mortal Kombat One. But yeah, I from what I've seen so far, I think the fact that this is a complete reboot, new original origin stories, new storyline, 
I think Mortal Kombat 11 was the end of Mortal Kombat. And what we got going forward is a brand new story that makes everything else pointless. Well, I still think it's all connected just as a fan of fiction and comics and stuff like that in general. And I see how these reboots usually work. It all ties in old storylines can get retold, but maybe with a new and interesting twist or maybe in a way that's more logical that addresses issues that existed in the first incarnation of the story. So I'm really interested to see how it goes. MNSZ says, I have to go. Nice to see you guys. Well, it was nice seeing you too, man. Thanks for popping Thank in you, the man. chat. Thanks for stopping by. Yeah, I did. I probably have to go soon too myself, actually. But uh, I wanted worry, to ask actually... you guys. <laughs> I wanted to. It's good though, because I think we addressed everything we needed to address about MK1 and how MK11 is not pointless, Phantom. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but I did want to ask you guys one last question. Do you get the sense that time travel is really over as a story mechanic and they're really not going to try to incorporate any time travel whatsoever like no more hourglass no more crown no none of these artifacts no no sending a message back in time to yourself no flashbacks or visions of things going forward do you really think they're going to be able to get away from that completely for at least the next title it depends on if they write themselves into a corner or not in my opinion you know I, I think that's kind of where we got to with with the original timeline was we kept elevating the the issue. Like first it was Shang Tsung and he ran this private tournament. But oh, Shang Tsung has this person who's above him is Shao Kahn. Oh, but Shao Kahn has to report to the gods and now it's the gods is the big thing. And they just kept elevating things so much that they were like, okay, we got to start over. And then <laughs> as soon as no. they started over, they kind of had the same issue again. And now we're back like a complete reboot i disagree with your take on the original timeline it's not that they had to reboot it if anything nobody saw that coming we could have just gone through taven's ending yeah right and just obviously adjusted it slightly so that not everybody loses their powers of course but that was what we all assumed was going to be the 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 true ending to to armageddon so i don't think it's about writing yourself into a corner although i'm not saying that you're wrong with that point for mk one onwards for sure but i don't know in terms of the original timeline itself i disagree with you there now personally do i think we're going to have any more time travel stuff based on the little tidbits we've been given we've we've seen the hourglass breaking we've seen the story trailer we might get some in character some in-fight dialogue now with the gameplay trailer for all we know which could give us a bit of insight although i have a feeling they might actively choose not to have that if that is the case but and there will be combat casts exactly so i think that the fact that the hourglass is showing to have been broken means that either the hourglass breaks at the beginning of the story of mortal kombat 1 or it breaks after Liu kang does one final go around and that's where we see the last of time travel in mortal kombat for now, what if until what they if we get themselves into a corner? What if we get Mortal Kombat one, and then the ending is the hourglass breaking to to a new reboot, oh <laughs> and the god. next game is a reboot? Oh my god, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> That's so bad. <laughs> no, I personally think it would be at the beginning or so towards the beginning, an early oh, chapter, if anything, and that would be yeah. the last that we see of time travel, at least until much, much later. I want to interrupt real quick. I ran another poll and to see, do you guys think if Phantom is pointless? And 100% say no. So 
Oh, wait, I, I didn't get to vote. One second, I didn't get to vote. Did you close <laughs> no, the vote? I ended it, it's done. No! <laughs> <laughs> All right, so anyway. what do you think, what do you guys think about this? In Mortal Kombat 3, it was established that Sonya and Jax would use science rather than magic to open up portals to other realms. Mm -hmm. What do you think about the possibility of them using science rather than magic to do time travel shenanigans? No more time travel. No more time Yeah, travel. please no. But what if they have I... a DeLorean and they oh. go 88 miles an hour? <laughs> Tabmok, do you think we're going to get more time travel? Well, eventually they're going to run into a crisis type of event, yeah. right? Like, don't maybe not this next title, but don't you think eventually they're going to want to do another reset? Hopefully it lasts longer than the MK9 to MK11. <laughs> I, I hope we're all long gone by then. <laughs> That's a bleak way of looking at it. <laughs> this is what I, I have to do. To, I didn't want to think about my own mortality on this. <laughs> In a game called Mortal, Mortal Kombat? Yeah, I know. That's what I just the Mortal Kombat. I was mortality. just kind of holding out hope that I would get turned into a fire god. <laughs> if anybody would, it's Tabmok. <laughs> I was going to say, what was, your, what was your dog's name again? Blaze. <laughs> <laughs> you know, fire God, fire elemental, but I'll take it, right? <laughs> All right. All right. Yanni, what else? And Scott Howell says, Great Scott. Yes. He's pretty great, everybody. About if you don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, I think it's. we Okay. So, just to give everybody a bit of backstory as to this episode, we normally air on Thursdays. And we thought, hey, you know what? Why not? Like, firstly, let's fit Tabbox schedule. And secondly, a, why not switch it up a little Tuesday. bit? Tabbox Tuesday, I like it. And uh, we thought, you know, it's just going to be a bit of a short episode. How long have we gone on for now, Phantom? Counting our, our little mess up, I think we're on three hours now. Close to three hours. So basically, what we've established is the Rumcast cannot do anything in small doses. <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've discovered that Yanni can't <laughs> do a 30-minute episode. <laughs> Well, you just know, don't put Tabok and I together. When you're talking about the Mortal Kombat lore, it's kind of hard to keep it short. It's really fun to take a deep dive and talk about the insignia that was shown in part of a trailer or who's got the power levels of what or what it all means from previous timelines and either even comparisons to other franchises in fiction. Like, it's just so hard to resist any of it. Yeah, it's, definitely. It's just, it just takes up so much time. <laughs> <laughs> it's about time. Yeah, it's about time. <laughs> Do that again and you'll be getting a time out. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> yeah, I have chosen to defy peace. <laughs> now then. <laughs> I well, think that's like a good place to end. <laughs> like and subscribe us at Romecast. And be sure to I was like going to try and end it and my voice cracked. <laughs> <laughs> so, so if you... If you guys aren't following Tabbok, please make sure you do that. Tabbok99 on YouTube as as well as Twitter because like and constantly and everywhere. Like, but every everything that Tabbok posts is just like he's an he's an encyclopedia onto himself. It's amazing. So yeah. definitely you. check out his stuff. Thank you. You know what? As a huge fan of Mortal Kombat ever since the first, committing all the lore to memory, it all pays off to do streams like this. That's why we, we were even, We didn't even get to this. Remember how we were talking about this before we knew we were streaming? We said like, oh yeah, isn't this cool how like in the trailer, Shang Tsung snaps Molina's neck. That's the exact same way he killed Liu Kang in MK Deadly Alliance. Mm -hmm. Like 
Does that mean anything? Is that is there some kind of a hidden meaning, like a connection between Melina and Liu Kang? They both died the you, same death at the same hands of the same person. But the, wait, then you you contradicted yourself and you pulled up another one. What was the other next snap? Oh. Johnny Cage got next snap by Shao Kahn and MK Annihilation. So there's a third next snap in there. <laughs> so this is the type of dissection you look forward to with Tamak. So please in Mortal Kombat. Neck snapping is kind of a lame way to die. And then also Shao Kahn did the same thing to Kung Lao and Shaolin Monk. So here's like mm -hmm. a fourth neck snapping. So Shang Tsung did too. Shao Kahn did too. And for Shang Tsung and Shao Kahn, they can do way cooler deaths than neck Hold snapping. Hold on. Are you counting Liu Kang's brother in the movie? Well, he oh, was yeah. kind of like stomping on his back and stuff. I don't but, know. Wait, uh, what, what actually I thought him? I remembered him snapping his neck, didn't I? Didn't he, sorry? No. No, he just know. held up his head. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah. He just like, yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Yeah, he held up his head. He said, "Your brother's soul is mine. You will be next." And they zoomed in on his face, and he was a skeleton. Oh, yeah, that was it. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> Actually, I, just speaking of things that happened right before we we streamed, I do want to get this story out there, and I mentioned this very quickly before how I ended up with the apparent title of Lore Master. Oh, and, yeah. yeah. So. As we've seen, we've had multiple lore masters on this show, and I am considered the Realmcast lore master. But I, I am always happy to share that title with, for, for example, Tadmok himself, because he's not a very the good OG one. lore master. <laughs> Thank <laughs> and you. Thank you. What's funny is that see, Icy's on the same page as me with the Shang Tsung. But what happened was in our first episode, we prepared like a sort of structure to everything, and then Phantom starts off. And introduces, yeah, I, I trusted Phantom. This was the first mistake. Phantom starts off and introduces himself as the Mortal Kombat Phantom, as you can see on the screen right now. And then, out of nowhere, introduces me as the lore master, Yanni. Welcome, Yanni. <laughs> I got to roll with this now for the entirety, entire lifespan of our podcast. <laughs> hey, he's our lore master. He's not <laughs> Don't worry. There's only room for one of you in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> we have to fight over this in Mortal Kombat. Yeah, well, no. I'm gonna I'm gonna have one of my Pokemon battle for me. <laughs> I I played Tabmok in Mortal Kombat and he destroyed me to the point where I like I was so frustrated I think I went home and cried about it. <laughs> Which game was I, this? I think it was Mortal Kombat 2. I, I don't, don't even I'm not even surprised at this, honestly. Oh, it was it was so bad. I don't even think I got a hit on him. I think he got like double flawless and then it did a fatality I, I think, on me. I think Tim was the game that Tim was playing is hey, if I can just get at least one hit on Tabmok so he doesn't yeah. get a flawless, he'll consider that a win. Yeah, <laughs> it didn't happen. I was I was so mad. And like this is as the original cast is like all around us, like you know, John Perry. Okay, do you remember Max. I brought like that little display set yep. up and i had like the two bluetooth controllers and they were like perfect for playing the game like it was so much fun like win or lose everybody come on, it there matter. it was just a lot of fun to play it was, i, I it gotta was practice my early games next time whenever i'm gonna visit you guys because i've got i've got the later games down but it's been a long time since i played the 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 initial the classic one. yeah but but tim i was practicing a lot like i actually won that tournament in wisconsin like just before oh that's awesome yeah, we, I that so in Wisconsin they were they were setting they had it set up on a Super Nintendo, and I had played so much of the Super Nintendo version of MK2 growing up. Uh huh. I it just really I was like yes this is the best system for me to have this tournament on this is great. 
Oh, uh, was, Tapo, you have you a challenger. Me, like right out, right as I was hot, fresh off that win. So you know, it was kind of unfair for you. <laughs> we have a new challenger for Tapmok. D Rock, man, I want to play Tabmok in the new MK1. Okay, well, maybe you'll kick my ass because I haven't played it at all yet. You know, <laughs> this is a, a a blank slate. Anything could happen. A new era of sorts. <laughs> all right, with that, please like and subscribe to the Romecast and be sure to follow Tabmok. <laughs> If you're not doing so already, Tabmok, thank you so much for joining us on the Soul Stream. Oh, thank um, you, thank you. You know what? I'm, if it's okay you, with you, I'll just leave a link to my YouTube channel in the chat right now. Sure, um, I'll add that to the description anyway. Oh yeah, that's right. So Always. for those of you who are in the chat, there it is. For those of you who are watching this after the fact, it's also in the description. So there you go. Guys, thank you so much for having me on. I, I Before we end the stream, I just want to say it's always a pleasure to be on here and talk about this stuff with you guys. Really a blast. And you guys in the chat, you make it all so much more fun. Thank you to really everybody, thank you, everybody for being here. Yes, thank you thank all you, so everybody. much. And thank you, Tabok. You're, you're thanking us. Thank you for joining us, for finding the time to do this. I uh, really appreciate it. And thank you also for tormenting Phantom with the puns as well. I, that, I, I truly appreciate that. It's, a, it's what we call a tag team. We love that feature. Thank, <laughs> thank you no, again no, for including the cameo. The cameo. Tabok's a cameo. <laughs> You know what? I think that's our new thing. We're going to start I having know, cameos. That too. Everybody can do a cameo. Yes, that's the new thing. That's the new thing. I'm going to answer this right before we get off JR Libra. What new characters? Three of us. All of us. Us three. Yep. Pick three characters you want to see in the new era. Takeda. That's my only one I got. I just want to see Takeda. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll say Goro, Shao Kahn. Mm, gosh, they give us most of my favorites already. Baraka. Goro Shao okay. Baraka. All right. Everybody knows what's coming with me. Rain, Human Smoke, Serena. I knew Always the last Serena. one for sure. <laughs> Takeda, Havoc, and I had a third one. I just can't remember who I, I had. I think I picked out, me and you picked out four earlier that we were talking I about. I bet you probably picked Quan Chi after seeing that artwork from Esau. Oh. Uh, his, yeah, but no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Well, guys, hey, thank you again for doing this. This is a great stream. And thanks again for everybody in the chat. It's been real. Thank, thank you, you so much, Chad Mox. Thank you, all of our listeners. Really, we hope you enjoyed today. This was supposed to be 20 minutes, half an hour, and it's ended up being three hours. So we hope you enjoyed it as much as we did ourselves. We announced our recent Realmcast episode, but we've had to shuffle the schedule a little bit with everything. So we will actually be announcing a new episode at some point very soon. However, we are trying to stick to soul streams for a little bit, just purely because of Mortal Kombat 1 news. So keep an eye out on our usual platforms, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Mortal Kombat Meme Realm, Twitter, YouTube, Realmcast, obviously, as well as Twitch, where we're streaming right now, apparently. And <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. Really, honestly, like as Tabmok mentioned earlier, the chat is really what makes this fun, as well as our cameo guest. It's, it's thanks to you. Well, really, support engagement really matters the most to us. The Rumcast is all about the community. So keep an eye on us. We'll try and continue bringing you more awesome guests and interviews and just little fun chats and uh, short episodes as well. And in the meantime, don't forget Mortal Kombat Online has other programs such as Survival Saturdays and they have the Fight Club itself, which you can go on and play Mortal Kombat 11 and they have this full integrated, I, I don't even know how to explain it, but join fight club compete with each other there it is so much better than the the competition that you can have within mortal kombat 11 it just elevates that to a, a new possibility so be sure to check them out on mortalcombatonline.com yeah 
And also with Mortal Kombat Online, we have our official Discord channel hosted on Mortal Kombat Online server. <laughs> we'll put that link in the description. You can join us there. We're discussing Mortal Kombat along with listeners, whether it be in the Realmcast specific server or on the Mortal Kombat Online server as a whole. But please do come join, have a chat with us. We always love doing it. We like to do it on the episodes, but it's, it's a different uh, vibe on Discord as well. And Tabmok is there too, for the record. <laughs> And then you can find Yanni and myself, Phantom, on the Mortal Kombat group on Facebook, as well as Yanni on the Mortal Kombat meme realm, as you've seen, because he makes memes like all day in his mind. And then he makes the meme machine is back for him <laughs> So <laughs> that's on Facebook and Instagram. And then you can also I just want to give a special thanks out to Uppercut Editions for their continued support. The Realmcast is the official podcast of MortalCombatOnline.com. And you can catch up on all episodes of the Realmcast on Realmcast.com. Thank you very much. Thank you, everybody. Thank you.